On today's show, I'm going to talk about how you can homeschool like Elon Musk. That's coming up today on The Wired Homeschool. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of The Wired Homeschool. I'm your host, John Wilkerson, bringing you tech tools and tips for homeschooling the internet generation. And yeah, today I'm going to talk about homeschooling like Elon Musk. If you've seen some posts I've done in the past, some blog posts I've done in the past, I did one about homeschooling like Steve Jobs, homeschooling like Richard Branson. And I thought I would take these along with some other CEOs and businessmen and look at how they manage their businesses and see how we can apply them to homeschooling. Now, this is going to be a series, but it's not going to be a series in the sense of I'm going to be doing these back to back to back or anything like that. What I'm going to do is do one of these every month for about four to six months, something like that. I've already got three of them written up and I'm looking at possibly doing two or three more. But I don't want to waste too much time on that, uh, explaining that to you. You'll see how this thing goes as we progress with the episode. Now, if you're not familiar with Elon Musk, he is the founder of several innovative companies. And these companies include Tesla, SpaceX, and PayPal. I think he's since sold PayPal. He's decided to homeschool his children. He did this a couple years ago. And when I say homeschool, it's sort of a homeschool. He started this hybrid homeschool slash private school. It's very innovative. And it's for his five kids and 15 others. And there are no grades. And it pretty much takes an unschooling approach to education. And I think that he's looked at the way that he does business and he's applied it to education. It's a very interesting approach to education. And I think these basic principles can be applied to our homeschools. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, but I do need to remind you, hey folks, the Wired Homeschool, it's been underwritten by Scholaric. It's the homeschool planner that saves you time. You can plan, track, and organize your homeschool more easily than you ever imagined. Start your free trial today over at scholaric.com. That's S-C-H-O-L-A-R-I-C.com. And I thank them for their support last year. And it has been very, very helpful. Also, thanks to all the individual patrons who supported the podcast. Special thanks go out to Matt Kamla, Winston Crutchfield, and I do need to mention Lori Silsby because she has been a steady supporter as well. So thank you to those individual patrons. More information about that is available over at thewiredhomeschool.com slash patron. So homeschooling like Elon Musk, I have to tell you that I am fascinated by the company Tesla. I'm fascinated how they innovate. I'm fascinated by their vehicles and the technology that goes into them and everything that they do with those vehicles. And if I had the money, I would be driving an electric car right now. But unfortunately, I don't have the money to drive any of the Teslas. But maybe one day. It's something I can aspire to. But I do want to talk a little bit about how we can homeschool like Elon Musk. Now, one of the things that he does is he takes calculated 
risks. Many homeschoolers that I know are quite risk averse. And that's understandable when you're raising a family on one middle class income. Things can get a little tight financially. And also, if you have a larger family, it can get especially tight. And so you don't want to take any unnecessary risks that may hurt your checking account. And I think the same case goes for when people, when homeschool parents are looking at the curriculum they want to use or what they want to teach their children. They don't want to take risks in how they educate their children or what information they choose to give them. And so there are some that they want to have a pre-packaged curriculum because the information is laid out there, the lesson plans are laid out there. And so it makes it easy for the parents to stay on track and make sure that their kids are learning what they're supposed to learn, right? That means buying the same curriculum every year. Sometimes even if your kids hate it, perhaps uh, it means that if, if you're so stuck to doing school at home, you miss an, an, an enrichment opportunity that arises. And it may stretch your budget or it may put you behind when it comes to whatever uh, program you're on. And you avoid it because you don't want to waste money or uh, you're worried that it's something that your kids won't like. And and those are certainly understandable feelings and, and understandable ways to think. But I think we need to be we shouldn't be afraid to take calculated risks. If your child wants to study swamp rats all year, find a way to incorporate as many different subjects as possible into their learning. It may mean throwing out your curriculum, but I think it also means that your child will love learning all year long because it's tied to swamp rats. So think about that. Think about taking calculated risks. You know, one of the calculated risks that we took this year in our homeschooling was we joined a first Lego league team. Well, I'm an assistant coach and three of my kids are on it. And we were a little concerned about one of my children, not really kind of getting into it or anything because she's not, she's not really into Legos that much. She heard that her friend was going to be on the first Lego league team and she wanted to be to be with that girl. And it worked out great, actually, because she was able to apply skills that she has to the situations that arose. And our Lego League team made up of homeschoolers, we won a qualifying tournament and we're going to a regional tournament that could qualify us to go to the world tournament. So the kids are excited. They're excited to keep going. We didn't know what was going to happen with this. We were afraid it was going to be a huge disappointment because they wouldn't perform well because it was their first year. But we took a calculated risk and it has been one of the best educational opportunities that our kids have ever had, I think. So take calculated risks. The second one is to have a vision for the future. I think some homeschooling parents are great at setting goals. They know that they want to meet a certain, they want to be at a certain point in their curriculum before the holidays come up because they don't want to have to homeschool through the holidays and they want to be done by this certain date because they want to go on vacation. And I, there's other homeschoolers that take it on day by day. And I think goals are great, 
Plans are great, but I think what you really need is a vision of the future. So having a checklist of things you want to accomplish this school year is not a vision. That's a set of goals. It's a set of accomplishments that you want to reach. A vision is long-term, and sometimes a vision doesn't have measurable goals because it's so long-term. And what you do is you create measurable goals to fulfill that vision. Vision is long-term. Your plans and checklists are what help you accomplish your vision. So I think it's a good idea to sit down with your spouse every year and talk about the vision for your homeschool. Do you want to produce mad scientists or artists that follow their muse or anything in between? Talk about it and keep that envisioned mind when planning to homeschool. I know some families that every year they have to, they, they reevaluate whether or not they want to homeschool that year. So they have a vision for their kids and a vision for their family. And homeschooling is a tool for them to accomplish that vision. And this is something that I have to admit that as, as a husband, I don't do that often. I don't really sit down with my wife and say, so what's, what's the long-term objective here? What, besides just saying we want our kids to be well-educated and do well on SATs and go to college and all that kind of stuff, what, what really is the vision? What are we really aiming for? And each family, I think, has uh, a different vision. Some people want to make sure that and I think every parent would say this, but part of their vision might be, I want my kids to grow up to be individual thinkers. I want them thinking for themselves and not just taking all the information in that there is out there uh, that's spoon-fed to them from the media. Others may say, well, we want to raise kids that would honor God, and we think homeschooling is a way to do that. Others may say, we want to raise ki- adventurous Adults who are willing to go on adventures. And so having that vision and then determining how homeschooling is part of that vision is very important. So have a vision for the future. The third thing that you can do is use setbacks as an opportunity to learn. All of us have setbacks. Every great inventor, every successful business owner or star athlete has had a setback. One of the things that was happening with SpaceX is they had this rocket launch last year that did not go as planned. Well, actually, the launch went as planned, but the landing didn't. And so what did they do? They looked at that setback and they evaluated evaluated it. They took all the data that they could get about it and they found out how to use the information from that setback to make things better. Things like this are unavoidable. Sometimes as a parent, you have a setback. Sometimes your kids have a setback. Don't let those setbacks stop you from homeschooling. If you need to take a year off and only teach reading, writing, and arithmetic because of health issues, don't be afraid to do that. Maybe you or your spouse are having employment problems, so you need to shift the schooling to the evening. Just roll with it. I think one of the things that that we we have in our head is that the kids who go to public school, they're learning all the time, right? They're, they're Well, they're at school eight hours a day. They're learning the whole time. Well, the truth of the matter is 
my wife will tell you, who was a public school teacher, that that's not the case. And if you talk to other public school teachers, you'll find out that the amount of time that the kids are actually learning is very short compared to the actual time that they're there. So don't be afraid to retool if a setback occurs, whether it's financial, whether it's health-wise, whether it's with uh, behavior-wise with your kids, and then use those setbacks to reassess and come up with a plan to deal with it if it arises in the future. I think ultimately, your kids will learn from the situation because they'll be watching you to see how you deal with the situation. All right, the fourth thing that I have written here is take your kids to work with you. And this is one area where I think I've missed the mark. If you work at home, this is easy to do. But if you work in an office, sometimes it's not so easy. Many employers don't want kids running around the office. I think people who work in a trade have it far easier. Now, I could be wrong. So someone who's a mechanic or a plumber or an electrician or something like that, because the environment lends itself to having a, a helper tag along, right? So if, if, if you're a mechanic, bringing your son or daughter to work with you is a lot easier because they can hand you tools and they can, you can show them how to do stuff at work. Whereas for someone like me, who's uh, a server support analyst who sits in front of a desk all day long and punches keyboards, uh, trying to figure out what, you know, trying to fix stuff on servers and load software and load security updates. That's not quite as exciting for a kid. And, and if I'm in meetings one day, that's not it an easy thing to do with the kids. But I think taking your kids to work with you exposes them to the work environment and it shows them how how adults really live during the day, right? What what does dad do when he goes to work? Is he just kind of hanging out all day and then he comes home? Or what does mom do when she goes to her nursing job or what whatever job she has? I mean, maybe mom's an IT person too. What does mom do? Well, April 28th is National Bring Your Sons and Daughters to Work Day. So I think it's an opportunity to do this at least once a year. If you have a job that's not really, it's not convenient for you to bring your kids to work, then this is an opportunity. Check with your employer ahead of time to see if they're participating or have any activities planned. And even if they don't have anything formal in place, you could ask your manager or supervisor if it would be okay to have a kid or two along. I think with homeschoolers who have multiple kids, that can be a little difficult at times too, because, hey, it's bring your son or daughter to work day. Am I going to bring all six of my kids that are home with me to work? Probably not. I might just bring two or three of them, but it's an opportunity, I think. All right. Finally, what you could do, and it's what really homeschoolers have done, is start your own school. And that's essentially what we have done as homeschoolers, right, is we've started our own school. One of the things that I've seen happen, though, is that a lot of homeschoolers just want a curriculum to follow, and there's nothing dynamic or exciting about their homeschooling. It's basically school at home. And if if you're that person, if you're that person that has to have the lessons, because if I don't have lessons, I'm not going to be able to do this. If I don't have prescribed lessons, this is just not going to get done. That's okay. And, and I don't want this to be an indictment against you. But what I do want to say is find a way to do something fun, to do something innovative and uncommon in your homeschool. 
if something comes up, don't say we haven't finished our lessons today. When your kids get invited to go fishing, let them go. Try to avoid the day in day out pattern of getting school done and occasionally let them blaze their own trail. Pick a day of the, of the week where maybe something is a, a little, there's not so much to do that day and let the kids pursue their own interests. Now, that doesn't mean let them sit down in front of the computer all day and watch videos or play computer games, but let them pursue their own educational interests. I want you to check out, if you go over to thewiredhomeschool.com slash 177, or you can even go to thewiredhomeschool.com slash Elon Musk and watch this video that I found about, uh, is an interview of Elon and how he, why he created his own school and some of the ideas behind it. It's a great, great video. Check it out over at thewiredhomeschool.com slash Elon Musk. Now, go back over these and then I'll talk a little bit more about some of the plans that I have for the podcast this year. So those things again were to take calculated risks, have a vision for the future, use setbacks as an opportunity to learn, take your kids to work with you, and then start your own school. Well, I hope this has helped you. I know this isn't a, a very technical show, but I think it's a tool, right? Because I do bring bring you tech tools and tips for homeschooling the internet generation. And I think if you look at the way that Elon Musk has done this, it's very innovative, very exciting. And I think it's something that you're going to want to check out. Now, uh, in the future, I have made this little document that goes into February so far, and I'll be working on a little bit more about some of the topics that I plan to cover in the future. So I'm going to have some winter safety tips. This is probably a month late, probably should have done it a month later, but it's been mild here in New York. So I, uh, I haven't thought about it that much. I have uh, some product reviews. I'm going to do a, a year review of the Dash and Dot robots that we, we got last year. And I think you're going to be interested in hearing that. We're going to review the top apps from 2015, a lot of other things that I have coming your way. And I do want to encourage you to check the website weekly and see what's there. I'm working on getting some fun content up there. I'm going to be basically, I decided that Fridays are going to be the days that I'm going to find a fun educational video and put it up on the site. So if there's something if you want something to inspire you, then you can check it out every Friday on the site. There's going to be a YouTube video or something like that up there to just encourage you and uh, have some fun with that. I hope to be doing some product reviews that maybe not be directly related to homeschooling, but that I think homeschoolers would be interested in. So I'm still in the planning phase for the content, but I've got the next four weeks mapped out and I'm excited about that because it's not something that I have done in the past. I haven't really done this much planning. And so what I found is it makes things a lot easier when you're planning your podcast. And I do want to encourage all of you to please, uh, one thing that'll help me out is subscribing to the podcast in iTunes. If you use iTunes, if you have a smartphone, that is the best way to help the visibility of the podcast. I'm still waiting to hear back uh, from Google about when the podcast will be in the Google Play Store. And when that happens, I'm I'm hoping that we see Android subscriptions go up. They have been going up with 
other applications like Pocket Cast and Beyond Pod and things like that. So there are ways to do it with your Android phone if you're an Android phone user. And you can go over to wiredhomeschool.com and look over on the right-hand side. And there's a link there that tells you how you can subscribe on Android. And your subscriptions are valued. Knowing that there's a regular set of listeners every single month is helpful. And knowing that I'm helping folks is great too. I got a great email a while back about someone, they just found the podcast and they were excited and we're so thankful that that I'm doing this and I love doing this for you all. That's going to do it for this week. And I hope that you will check things out later on. I am going, like I said, I'm excited about getting started this year and going on and seeing how things turn out. So until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking me in your ears. And let's go out there and get your homeschools wired. The Wired Homeschool is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. For more family-friendly podcasts, please visit techpodcast.com. Music for the podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod over at incompetech.com. 